Hello and welcome to Pocketful of Why. In this podcast, we explore lessons we've learned and what we wish we'd learned sooner. Today, we're talking about being comfy in our veganism and why that's not necessarily a good thing. With a sprinkling of political outrage. I'm Charlotte, my pronouns are she, her, and I accidentally grew an impressive crop of potatoes in my garden by attempting open composting. I'm Hannah, my pronouns are they, them, and there are six pairs of roller skates in my house. Six. On with the show! So we've both been watching a load of Buffy, haven't we? (laughs) Why would you help me like this? It's all I've done all day. Come on. It's all I've done all month, to be honest. Um, Because I'd never seen it as a kid, and Ash was like, what? And like, it's one of them, I'm like, if I'd have seen Buffy when I was a kid, I would have had my queer awakening a lot sooner. (laughs) Yeah. A lot sooner! Yeah, obviously, onto like the problematic element of Joss. Well, whatever his name is, um, Whedon, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I'm not onto this. What happened? Joss Whedon's like a big. He's a big wanna. Apparently, he was absolutely foul to the actress who plays Cordelia in particular. Oh God. Um, yeah, because he directed the later seasons, didn't he? He was just like the creator. I think he did it all, didn't he? Oh. Hey, fun fact, though, about Buffy. Uh, apparently, it wouldn't exist without Dolly Parton. She's the one who, like, saw the initial stuff of it, and she was like, yes, do that 100%. And everyone was like, oh, God, we've got to do it if Dolly says it. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, wow, <laughs> I can see that. I think we've all learned in the past 12 months that if Dolly Parton tells us to do something, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. It's a shout. <laughs> uh, one thing I've really been enjoying is um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's arm hair. She does have an abundance of this like golden, beautiful arm hair. Like, yeah, on to. And I'm I'm always like surprised when I see it because like it was the nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have presumed that they would have been like, you have to have no hair anywhere on your body. And it's just like it's so pr- obviously like you know it's still blonde, but it's just lovely. I think it's it's really nice. Mm. <laughs> it does make me think of uh, the Twilight extras on the DVD where Catherine Hardwick, the director, talks for a long time about waxing Robert Pattinson's eyebrows and I'm not sure why yeah because we've all watched the extras on um, the Twilight DVD that's embarrassing no it is not even for gimps like husband (laughs) you've definitely seen those extras I haven't you've not they're great top notch would recommend well now I might um so yeah a lot of Buffy a lot of um bisexual yearning there I'm just up to the bit now where she's, like, with Tara. That's beautiful. There's a lot of, like, oh, everybody knows about you guys. And she's like, oh! And they're like, yeah, how are you both witches? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Ha, ha, witches. Ha. <laughs> witches. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm excited for your link from Buffy to Comfy Vegans. Go for it. Right, let's, let's do let's it. Try Word and, association um... it. Comfy Rewatch. Uh... Revisiting something that we knew from before. Oh, Okay. Oh, okay. I like this way. I was going to try and find more of a segue. I was going to be like, well, if you think about it, like, Angel is kind of like an ethical vampire and, like, (laughs) like, Spike um, at the moment in the series is only drinking blood that he's bought from the butchers. So that really resonates with me (laughs) and my veganism. (laughs) Um, Wow. It doesn't... um, but Spike and Angel both really resonate with me, just full stop. Yeah, I have I, I respond well to both Spike and Angel. Angel gets mm. me through to the point when Spike arrives. Mm, yeah, definitely. They both get me through. Anyway, um. Um, skip ahead. Veganism. 
What are you drinking? It is bumbleberry juice in this little glass bottle. Bumbleberry. Um, we got strawberries, raspberries, black currants, and blackberries. But yeah, I did just buy it for the little glass bottle. To be quite honest, you're gonna propagate some plants in there. No, so the, <laughs> I have other glass bottles that I propagate plants. <laughs> <laughs> so Ash got this like little set of fancy gin for Christmas and they came with these three little bottles. So I've been propagating spider plants in them. Mm. And then we've got... See, this is one of those grey area things because I know they're bad. You know those air freshener things that you plug into the wall? Oh, yeah. But our house does just smell like a bum a lot of the time. <laughs> like... Was that from when you moved in or...? It was something that was already here, and we've definitely made it worse. Um, You've increased the bomb essence. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got one of them, and it's just—it's right by the front door. And more than anything, it's just nice to like come home. You open the door, and it's like, oh, a fresh smell. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's got these tiny little bottles in that I propagate succulent leaves in. Oh, nice! Very cute. Yeah, yeah, very cute. But yeah, speaking of glass bottles. Segway is zero waste. The segway is. Okay, listeners, have you got that? There's a segway coming. <laughs> I just love it when someone announces before me that the big segway truck is approaching. This is a segway. Do you think we've talked about the segway enough? I went to that zero waste shop that we talk about all the way back in the plastic episode. Last year. Ages ago. It was a good episode, that. Yeah. And it was really cold. I had a lovely time. I was a bit, mm. I went a bit nutty um, talking to the lady who runs it because mm-hmm. I haven't had a conversation with a stranger in months. <laughs> Were you really and, intense? Um, I was very intense. <laughs> yeah. But that was really nice to talk to a stranger about something that we were both passionate about. It was a very sweet little moment. Um, and I got all kinds of stuff. I got some like hand soap, mm. um, like spray cleaner. I took all my own bottles and stuff. It was lovely. Nice. It was very satisfying. It's like playing shop, but then you pay for it. You know? <laughs> Just shop then. And there's like a sticker machine that's really fun to use. And since she's got in um, vegan pick and mix. Ooh. Oh, right. Vegan Smarties. Mm. and there was something else oh she's got an oat milk machine now so you can just take a <gasps> bottle um, oh wow so i'm hype about that because we do have the oat milk maker i'm still kind of learning about it figuring it out i don't know i think there's a lot of other ingredients than oats oats to make our delicious oat milk that we're used to we are used to fancy fancy aren't we or oh my god did i tell you about my pr mistake <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you're representing the Vig agenda oh. at work, Charlotte. Oh, so me and you had a chat about, oh, in our last Vig episode, I remember mm-hmm. being like, we've got to spread the good word. Oh, no, it was the Christmas one, Christmas Vegans one. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I need to really start, you know, sharing the joy and the happiness that is the Vig lifestyle. I need to talk about it more. So I have been having a little bang on about how wonderful oat milk is because my count so far for oat milk converts is only two mm-hmm. of other people who have been like, you've got to try oat milk. It's nicer than you know regular milk. It's a good choice. It's an easy start. Mm-hmm. So I'm banging on about it and work. But how great it is and how I never go back and I love it so much. And this happened to be in the same week that I tried out a supermarket basic version of oat milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually get like the name brand ones. There's like a few that I always go to that I love. And I was like, hey, I'm spending so much money on oat milk. Like I could just be getting like the regular basic stuff. Mm-hmm. 
all week I'd been like gabbing up this like oh God, I just love the oat milk like it's so good and not being a good oat milk person and not shaking the carton so on the Friday afternoon everyone sat in the staff room everyone and I've been absolute piddly crap have you been putting in your cuppers that's what I want to know I know so then <laughs> by the end of the week I turn around and I'm like showcasing the oat milk love and just this da, da, da. husk just plops into my coffee and it's audible about the room and one of the women's like oh is that that oat milk you've been talking about and I died <laughs> oh. I had to be like yeah it's not usually like this <laughs> convert in work count zero you are a meld all my own fault so the moral of the story is shake your oat milk and bring the best representatives from the vegan food selection into work. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, right, the the non-vegan equivalent of that is unbearable to think about. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like chunks of Blech. curds. Don't do this. You know I'm hungry. In but... the milk. It, it'd stink. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy mouths of yellow puss. Stop it. And yet... <laughs> got like a hot flash of hangover (laughs) so i think that's a beautiful vibe for the episode is how (laughs) because we feel like you go vegan you like learn what your veganism is and you've kind of you there's a lot of questions to ask yourself from the off and you kind of find your answers to them and then i think it's quite universal we all kind of go okay i'm not i don't have to think about it anymore do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i don't have to watch any documentaries that are going to upset me yeah, I'm done. No, I'm on side. Thank you for just justifying why I've still not seen um, Seaspiracy. Well, I actually really want to talk about Seaspiracy because because of the nuance, you know. Nuance. How much head shaking do you need to put into the word nuance? Nuance. <laughs> yeah, so you haven't watched it, but I've told you all about it. Mm-hmm. I've seen backlash against it, right? And some of it I will engage with and some of it I won't. So I saw a post from the Marine Stewardship Council that were like, everything in that documentary is nonsense. And it's like, well, you mm. won't say that because it bashes you to hell. Like, yeah. so you can sit down. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to take your word for anything. Um, especially if you're just going to be like, that was a straight up lie. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. they actually say that you lie. So that's it's not really <laughs> valid. Um, but some criticism that I've seen of it that I will take on board. There's a lot of like white saviorism in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like he goes to these like prawn boats. I think it's in Thailand, and there's like human slavery, and like it's really heavy. But it's kind of like the tone of it mm-hmm. is something we need to check. There's like a fact in it that he, well, there's a couple of facts in it that he kind of has cherry picked and put all alongside each other to be horrifying, which is kind of like not so scientifically responsible mm-hmm. but then i see the credit in it the merit in it rather in the what if it shocks someone into behaving better like we're not all scientists we don't all adjust our behavior that way like sometimes we just need to be horrified into behaving better <laughs> well also it sparked such a conversation like i've been really impressed by like the diverse viewers in like my friend group my family who have engaged with it oh really people who are like staunch meat eaters think it like laugh Mm -hmm. at like the vegan alternatives 
that me and Ian bring to like a family party like we could never (laughs) contemplate it have engaged with it and watched it and like one of them messaged me and was like gosh you really shouldn't watch this because I know you'll be like heartbroken there's this horrible scene just like you did and but I've been really impressed that it's like sparked the conversation and these people are out there researching these facts but it's a jumping off point that you say for you know a documentary does have a certain responsibility to portray the facts and be honest but at the same time I'd rather have the shocking hard-hitting uh, facts than like a really balanced view like it's not going to be a balanced viewpoint it's a documentary it's got a certain message and a certain theme and a certain viewpoint exactly no documentary or even like piece of science is completely objective you have to check yourself going into it right and like you know today's society it's like jazzy journalism and all this is the stuff that we pay attention to if this documentary had been made by like a team of like amazing expert scientists and researchers mm-hmm. who also had you know loads of charisma that's needed like for this mm-hmm. kind of project we certainly wouldn't have it now we'd have it in like 10 years because it would take ages all the funding and all that it's just not happening so like it being a bit more like pop culturey makes it accessible it makes it current mm-hmm. um i think the downfall here is like i've seen a lot of people like oh but that fact there's a fact about like 50% of the plastic in the sea is fishing nets or something and then people are like actually actually that's the um you know the garbage patch in the pacific it's just that that he's talking about and you're there like okay so it's not as bad as how he made it out but it's like it's still horrendous like it's still mm-hmm. horrible um and by it being presented in like a false-ish way not false but you know mm-hmm it gives people who are looking for the argument a way in an easy thing to argue against and it just minimizes it so it's weighing that up in it yeah but like one of my favorite documentaries was shark water and mm. it was a white affluent dude who really cared about sharks who went and looked at like the finning industry and it was you know like cheesy and he was very charismatic and my dad used mm. to laugh because i definitely had a huge crush on him and that's why i wanted to watch it all the time he sounds incredible <laughs> um it still made a big difference and a lot of people saw it and yeah the big thing at the time was like shark fin soup at wedding ceremonies and lots of people saw it and reacted because of it and pledged to not include that in their wedding receptions right. and it still makes a difference it's like you know not every piece of information against this like objectively terrible industry can be 100% perfect and the idea that one fact's been you know misrepresented doesn't take away all the violence and horror um, weirdly enough right so we were kind of talking about how once you get to this like comfy place you do start to feel like you don't necessarily need to engage with the hard-hitting stuff yeah like especially over easter i uh, like reactivated my instagram and i follow earthling ed and i've got to say like i found it so heavy yeah whenever i scroll past any of his content because it's horrific stuff that happens in like the lamin industry oh god like of course it's horrible but sometimes i just want to unfollow him because i'm like i get it like i'm doing what i can Mm -hmm. like how many times do i need to be traumatized myself i get it to feel like i'm somehow nobler or more informed and then you feel guilty for scrolling past and unfollowing and stuff because i do support that cause yeah exactly and i think my way of 
like counteracting that is to be trying to be more like promote it more promote veganism and all like the lovely amazing things more um and not try and re-educate myself on all of the horror like (laughs) it's a lot yeah definitely um actually um there's this cafe that I'll start going to in town that's really lovely and the Mm. lady who works there I was chatting to her about seaspiracy and everything the other day she mentioned that she's um like been to vigils and like you know where you like look at the truck taking the pigs into the slaughterhouse and like give them water and stuff oh oh that's heavy sorry you can bleep me and it it is something that I feel like it's kind of on my to-do list like being vegan making choices it being all about goodness and happiness and betterness Mm -hmm. but then it's those reminders of like the actual suffering that is happening Mm -hmm. that like lights the fire under us you know? Yeah, like I didn't even watch Seaspiracy and I upped my Sea Shepherd donation just because I was like, if I'm going <laughs> to blink on myself, I need to do something, right. have some kind of action here. Mm-hmm. But whew, that's brave. Well, right. Um, rather than follow Earthling Ed, maybe, you know, because that is heavy. I feel like I, I don't have the brain space for that every time I'm just checking Instagram, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be a better vibe to like, consciously put time aside to mm. like educate ourselves into like what's what's occurring yeah in like within the movement because it is evolving all the time as well like it's not just new products coming out in supermarkets that is the news mm-hmm. and there's as i say like it should invigorate us and ignite our passion about making veganism exciting and cool and welcoming people in because it can get a bit like eh, why bother it's exhausting but it's not Oh, I don't ever feel, like, exhausted with veganism, especially, like, the dietary side of things. Mm -hmm. But I do totally feel that vibe. And I don't know about you, but if something's, like, bad or terrible, I want to fix it and just move on. Mm. Like, when somebody brings a problem to me, I have to try really hard to not fix the problem and sit there and listen to it and sit with them in the problem for a little bit. (laughs) And I can get a bit like that with... Uh, like the heavy side of veganism i'm like okay well i've stopped Mm. drinking milk so stop showing me this like horror this terror but it's still happening yeah exactly and it's hard to channel that knowledge into something that i can put it back away again because i don't know about you like once i get into it i'm like so angry and enraged yeah and i don't really have anywhere to put that (laughs) Mm -hmm. i get it other than just be like because i've already made the changes (laughs) for my own consumption but yeah, maybe it's getting out there and doing a little bit more. More than anything, I remember like our first vegan episode, you know, you were like, you said that me just like visibly living like an easy vegan life mm-hmm. was a big factor in your like decision to try veganism. So I want to be, I want to be visible. I want to be chill. I want it to mm-hmm. be cool. I want it to be nice. I want it to be tasty and easy. But I want... I feel like people aren't looking, so I need to be a little bit more active, you know? Yeah, need to bang the drum a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit. Um, so that's my plan, to be honest. I'm thinking, when I go back to work, I'll, like, buy a load of snacks for the staff table, that kind mm. of stuff. You know, just, like, like fruit pastels are vegan, frazzles are vegan. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, I do love a, an accidentally vegan find. That is, like, a, a simple joy of mine finding a new product and being like, oh my gosh, Oreos are completely vegan? What? 
Yes. Um, although not in America. Do you know that? Because um, they use bones to make sugar white in America, so white sugar isn't always vegan. Ugh. What? America. Oh, weird. Blake, would you have a word? Come on, Blake. <laughs> Uh, this is where they're going to be from, like, County Durham or something, and they've just said y'all to be cute. Um... <laughs> Blake's going to have to move. Blake is our American listener. Have you ever met an English person called Blake? Apart from, like, William Blake. You've met William Blake? <laughs> Who is William Blake? I think Blake? they might have been, like, painter. You know, conning you. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Was in this bar? <laughs> And I, um, yeah, my claim to fame is I bummed a fag off William Blake. Poor it. Um, so, next up, do you, we could kind of be very mindful and acknowledge the parts of our lives that still aren't ethical and that we're, like, yet to work on? Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready for my list? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I think... Because, like, it's important to acknowledge, like, there's no ethical ethical consumption under capitalism. Your favourite quote? (laughs) But, um, you know, there's not, like, a line in the sand. There's not, like, every choice has, like, a binary, like, good and bad. I wish it did. You know how I feel about binaries. (laughs) (laughs) But I think to be, like, the definition of a good person is someone who's always, like, oh, like, how do I feel about this? What should I do? And they're not just, Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, this is... This is the easy way that I have decided, you know? And I think a lot of vegans are prone to that as well. Uh, to do my favourite quote, which is Gandalf. Go on. Is, all, all we have, have to do, do is decide, decide what to do, do with the time, the time that is given to us. 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 And I feel like that's all you have to do to be a good person, is to just be like, I have this much time and this much power and this much energy and I'm going to make the best choices that I possibly can, bit by bit, become a better person. And, like, alongside that looking out for your like comfort and mental health mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. self-care and stuff like we can't do anything unless we look after ourselves <laughs> yeah and there has to be like safe spaces like i think mm. we were talking about the instagram like horror before mm. and i think just having that chat made me think well if it's something that's like relaxing for me and something that's like an escapism and a nice little bit of my day maybe that doesn't need to be my informative device right Maybe that's just for fun. Maybe I just listen to like a vegan podcast or a roundup or, you know. Yeah, I think I'd definitely encourage people to have as many, uh, like a variety of sources, Um, Mm -hmm, you know, based mm -hmm. on what we were saying about Seaspiracy, you know. I think the good thing about it is that maybe people have used it as a jumping off point for research and have done their own reading. Beautiful. Um, Let's let's do that all the time let's never just take one person's word for something mm-hmm. maybe with instagram because like instagram is a great resource maybe have two instagram accounts have your have your vegan horror show instagram account that you can go to yeah you know yeah. rather than have to like sit down and watch a documentary or read a research paper i don't know um <laughs> you know you can just you can learn by just scrolling instagram and reading really nicely presented infographics Mm -hmm. but it's not there on your feed that you see every day yeah i think that's maybe a shout and i might do that i have a lurker one which is just like a fun one we'll have a have a sad lurker lurker. (laughs) i'll just call myself like sad lurker amazing done problem solved i (laughs) love that problem solved in terms of ethical stuff that's like that i'm not looking at Mm -hmm. in my life clothes Oh, clothes. Huge one. Yeah. 
big one. Like, I went through a big phase of only buying, like, as ethical as I could or, like, charity T-shirts or... Yeah. um, But they got to a point where I was like, I need, I desperately need work clothes and I can't afford their, like, beautiful collective level. Like, everyone gets paid fairly. And it's a choice that I've made to just put it to one side and be blinkered and to not look at clothes right now like yeah that's one of the big things I come across when I'm speaking to people about you know oh maybe you should go vegan it's really good and like mm. me and my colleagues were talking about Lent recently and I was like oh veganism would be such a good one if you didn't do a vegan January mm-hmm. such a good shout like it's so ethical and not it's bad. good for your body and it hits all the you know catholic school so I might use it yeah, yeah but yeah. a huge one that people were saying was like well there's so much <laughs> that's unethical in my life mm-hmm and at the moment, I really enjoy not being vegan. So why not do, you know, look at my clothes, look at my consumption. And I'm like, yeah, fair, yeah. Like yeah. instead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. the humans matter too, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we're all, as humans, we are very selfish. Mm-hmm. I'd start on the selfish stuff, <laughs> you know? That'd be my top tip. Just stop eating meat, everyone, right now. <laughs> please for the love of god this is an acknowledgement of areas where unethical though clothing is a big one yeah um vegetables in the uk even i read a book about it about essentially slave labor again like people um people who've come to the country through less straightforward ways so they don't have access to like legal rights as workers Mm -hmm. living in these like camps um where farmers just like pick them up and take them to like pick lettuce and like wash everything with chlorine they're exposed to all these chemicals like there's all kinds of crap going on with that as well Mm -hmm. that once you kind of look at it you're like oh you know like green beans all shipped from kenya and pesticides and farming as well like pesticides even just being vegan like the chemicals that they spread on the fields the way that they kill Mm -hmm. off like the diversity, the use of land as well, because yeah. it's not wilded and it's not rotated properly. Land just becomes all about taking from it rather than anything going back into the yeah. soil or it being a habitat for anyone. Well, it's all about profit in it and corporations. Oh, that, that's true. I drive a, a petrol car, which I feel really bad about. Oh, yeah. Like looking into getting an electric one, but it's obviously mm-hmm. very spendy. <laughs> um, but as well, like bear in mind, like... <laughs> It's it is the corporations that are the massive problem in all of this. Like it's these, you know, we use plastic straws. There was a fact in Seaspiracy that like plastic. Um, we sorry, we're trying to not use plastic straws. There's a fact in Seaspiracy where he's like, it's something like 0.05 percent of all the plastic in the ocean is plastic straws. Wow. Like it's just compared to like you know fishing nets, industrial waste, all this crap. Mm-hmm. It's not as bit as revolutionary as we all think. Like we don't deserve the pat on the back yet. Well, like, not even we don't deserve a pat on the back, but it's not it's not us who were the problem mm-hmm. as these tiny little consumers. I mean, it's, it, it was because we're all doing it, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's these huge companies that, and the government aren't making them responsible because they don't have to. And <laughs> Like, policy can overnight change something. And we talked about this in our plastic episode. Yeah, we Just did. by saying single-use plastic bags will not be a thing overnight as a government Mm -hmm. you can make a huge widespread impact and if you charge for pollution and you charge for quote recycling that doesn't actually get recycled but gets burnt (laughs) and you follow that through and you actually have regulators that put in tariffs for companies then it would make a huge change 
So it is hard to feel powerful and like you have something, uh, some kind of sway or can have some kind of impact. But then looking at, you know, the rise of veganism and the ethical runoffs that that's had as well you know they're just that they're yeah. not being the demand for it especially in the uk um it does have an impact love to see it but we need like tribe power we can't just alone systematic change yeah. which just isn't going to happen underneath the tories like there's just no way because they're all little bezzy mates with these like multi-billionaires who own the corporations mm-hmm. you know what would jeremy say i feel like jeremy oh, had the right <laughs> We miss you, Jeremy. We've just got like the Tory lapdog that is Starmer now, and it it's just Ugh. so cringe. Isn't it? It's not even cringe. It's just so demoralising, and I just know that's what they want for this like Jeremy Corbyn generation mm-hmm. for us all to be like oh, well. demoralised and oh well, we maybe we should just vote for them anyway. And I just think, how dare you like try and claim my vote when all you do is agree mm. with what the Tories are doing? Especially what's been happening round here with them. Mm-hmm. Um, with the mayor and everything. <laughs> I just can't believe that there's been this level of corruption and all this money's been siphoned out. <laughs> I was talking to Ian about it. We were driving over to town to see his uh, family in the garden. Legally. And um, I was like, oh, so when the Tories are coming to save us, as they so put it, are they going to give us the money back? <laughs> and he was like, no, they're charging us for them to come and help us out. It's like, So just for listeners who aren't in... Liverpool. (laughs) So Joe Anderson was the mayor of Liverpool, uh, the Labour mayor of Liverpool. Liverpool has always been Mm -hmm. voting Liberal. Like, we all vote for Labour because if we didn't, our parents would kill us, basically, right? (laughs) Um, But also we we agree with the policy, right? So Joe Anderson has this incredibly safe seat. He used his position, basically, to embezzle a load of money. And everybody knew, I'd like to make clear. like Everyone knew. He was selling off meadows in Sefton mm-hmm. Park. Like, beautiful green space, like, parkland, community space. There's plenty of crappy old concrete that you can go and build your overpriced student housing on. Like, yeah, just... Woo! Anyway, he got arrested with some of his cronies, didn't mm-hmm. he? And then, and then they were doing the mayoral election, weren't they? And all the candidates were, like, boss women. One which was called Joe Anderson, by the way. Oh, yeah, she was, wasn't she? <laughs> Maybe she'd changed their name to that to just try and confuse people who don't, <laughs> Give me the vote. like, participate in politics. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that. yep, I know that name. Yeah, and I think, is it Anne Rothery was running, um, who's a black lady? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, let's have more of those everywhere. And, yeah, basically... The what is it like the the Labour Party were like oh no we can't do that actually and then like just deferred mm-hmm. to the main government who have then like taken over running Liverpool just just ridiculous they were basically just like now we're gonna get our Tory mates to come in and do this because we don't want any people who aren't corrupt and gonna give us whatever we want and what we're used to getting like it it was bizarre hey. I feel like there's going to be a lot more to come out about that in the coming like months and years. Yeah, I can see a lot of a lot of unrest. To be honest, I can mm-hmm. see protests happening. There's been a lot already with the like kill the bill stuff yeah. going on, and this is just this is a generational hurt of Liverpool mm-hmm. that the Tories have inflicted since like pre Thatcher. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's longer than generational. Like, yeah, <laughs> the hatred uh, and the way that they basically chopped up our city and. 
drained it of everything. Left us. Managed decline yeah. was the phrase used. Yeah, that's the phrase. And yeah, it was only because of the EU yeah. that the city became what it is now. And then it's all going to crap again because of austerity and... I love how this started off as us being like humble, like there's so many ways that we're not ethical and turned into it's all their fault. But the the thing is, you know, the Labour Party are incredibly flawed mm-hmm. and like have been for a very long time, even pre-Tory Starmer, you know. We just had a little glimmer of hope with Corbyn that it could be everything we wanted it to be. Oh. Just a nice man with an allotment. I felt like, you know, if you had a conversation with him, he'd care about you. Like, can you say that about any other politician? No. Although we do all know about your deep-set love for Gordon Brown. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a nice man who was good at maths, okay? (laughs) I did have quite a rude dream about him when I was a teenager, so he's just kind of been set in that like glow for me forever <laughs> that rude dream glow please don't read me listeners i don't i don't know a lot about gordon brown i just like him it was better than tony bloody blair oh just send it into politics we're both maybe not super okay talking about politics no there's a um, local council election coming up in may and i don't know who to vote for for the first time in my life mm-hmm. i feel the same maybe i'll vote for this um northern independence if they were on our ballot <laughs> Right? You know what? I actually listened to a podcast about the Northern Independence Party. Great policies. I love it. Yeah, I I'm feel down. Like it would be amazing for the country. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I, the guy was like, we're like a single issue party, essentially, because we just want a referendum on Northern Independence. Mm-hmm. So in theory, if we get our way, we could have independence and then vote in a Tory government. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but like, obviously that isn't happening. <laughs> I um, There's like four Tories up here. We've got a long way to go before they have any kind of chance, but I love that in the one city where they are actually like repping, they're polling above the Lib Mm. Dems already. So, Oh, the Lib... Remember the Lib Dems? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I remember going on like a campaign to make lots of my friends not vote for them. Oh my God. Yeah, I remember that election. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of the bloody end, wasn't it? I remember... I think we were in college, weren't we? Yeah, and I just remember bere- being bereft at the outcome. Uh, this has veered very far from topic. I think we need to cycle back. Cycle back. Is there back. any other areas of your life that are unethical that you still are kind of being blinkered about? Ash had kind of an interesting thought, not an in- like a good thought about it. He had like a realization that he was like, I'm just not going to buy from Greg's anymore because they're like a big company and they sell me. I'm either not going to have the sausage roll or I'm going to walk an extra five minutes and get it from the independent place. Nice. And I was like, yeah, I, I dig that. It kind of, it switched my brain because I'd be like, maybe I'd be starving and I'd be walking past a Mackey's. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd get some fries. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now I'm like, I'm never going to go in a Mackey's ever again because why would I? Nice. And I think if slowly you can like cross out more and more of these places and find the like lovely local indie alternatives yeah that's actually a really nice project to be working through right (laughs) just like when you've got the brain space have a little look find a cuter version you know what i think this actually leads really well into our feature for this episode Mm. should we bump up the feature transition effect yeah (laughs) 
Okay, so this week's how-to is one close to our hearts, how to quit Amazon. Amazing. First of all, should we do a little check-in of where we're both up to with this? Because we've both attempted on our way. Like, where are you up to? Have you quit? Very, very nearly. Okay, yeah, I'm the same. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, that is such a huge deal because, especially this time last year, Mm -hmm. I was spending a lot of money on various Amazon products and services. Yeah, you got like dog food from Amazon. You got like all kinds of stuff, didn't you? I was I used their like subscription service. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for vegan dog food, and we used to get big bags of like cashews and pumpkin seeds would just come automatically every month, which was <laughs> a just vegan nice. dreams, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was very handy. Yeah, and then to be honest, I was talking to a friend. They were like oh, and yeah, I just use Amazon. I'll get this off Amazon. And I was like, oh, no, Amazon's really bad. And she was like, oh, is it? And she had no idea. And then I told her just like a vague vibe of why Amazon's bad. And she was like, oh, my God, and cancelled her Amazon account there and then. And I was like, <gasps> oh. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. um, uh, that's an option. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bold. Love it. So, yeah, at the moment, I still have an Amazon account because there's some movies that we'd bought on Amazon Prime. Right. So I just, I keep it around for that. So there's like Edward Scissorhands. And, um, oh, nice. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like having the DVD. It's just there. I've already bought it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel too bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I cancelled my Prime membership. Nice. I don't buy anything off Amazon anymore. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, a bit similar. So I feel like now it's a bit like the Vig thing. Looking back, I'm like, God, you were really dim. Like, really, right. really dim. <laughs> like, I remember first talking about quitting Amazon and being like, oh my gosh, I need to find myself an online bookselling place. Mm-hmm. And went through, like, all these different, like, slightly more ethical bookselling places and then our, like, beautiful, amazing, cooperative bookshop, which is news from nowhere, in Liverpool, just has an online site. Like, yeah. I was just being <laughs> so dense about it. They'll deliver it. Yeah. And it's lovely. Like, you can go on there. You can choose your books. Like, you can mm-hmm. order from anywhere in the UK. So, like, shout out. They're brilliant. And have, like, really pioneered through, like, the 80s and stuff. Making sure there's, like, really representative fiction and non-fiction. And they're political as well. Kids books as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, I had this gorgeous book when I was little. And it had this, like, beautiful girl from Nigeria and she was just playing and it was the songs that they were singing in the playground and I still love it so much and just think I would never have had a person of colour in any kind of storybook without them being like that just wouldn't have happened growing up but they are so lovely and like you order online and there's a person there who's working Mm -hmm. a is working for an actual living wage not when they redefined it and pretended that what they're calling an actual living wage is a living Uh wage it's a cooperative, so any profit that they make goes back into the cooperative part. They have like staff that are really knowledgeable. They'll email me and be like, oh, I see that you've pre-ordered the new Sally Rooney. It doesn't come out till September. Do you mind if you pay packaging again because it's coming in? Like, the, There's a person there. It's not a corporation. There's a person mm-hmm. in a nice shop, having a nice time with a cuppa, yeah. having a nice day at work, and I'm more than happy to fund that. Like, obviously, right? <laughs> right? And yes, it's a bit more expensive, but that's fine. I'm happy to pay for that person. I think it's Mandy today. <laughs> Maybe I'm using it a bit too much. To sit there with a cuppa 
and have a nice yeah. day. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I was really dim about Amazon for a while because I was like, oh my gosh, it's just so convenient to buy books online. Mm. I can't possibly go without it. And then a bit like you, I had a bit like your friend. I was like, it's unethical. They mm-hmm. have a horrendous track record of the treatment of their workers, the conditions that they're in. They don't pay tax. It's a big one. They yeah. offer absolutely nothing to our society. So mm-hmm. I just pretended that they didn't exist. Like, it's just not a shop. Glad. It's a bit like Ash's Greg's thing. It's just not a thing. It's not an option. <laughs> yes, I might be desperate for that book, but it doesn't exist on Amazon because I just don't go on it. It's a bit like the Daily Mail. Yeah. I don't click on it, so I've I, don't d- know. I don't know. Don't know if it's there. It's not a thing. It's like the sun in Liverpool. You would just never know because <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> exist to us. We're like, no, this is wrong yeah. and abhorrent and it's out. However, oh, the one thing I can't kick is audible. Well, they have such a market dominance on it, don't they? You know what, saying that, I have an audible account, actually. Oh, it's not just me. <laughs> and I don't have a subscription, but I have my account. A virtual bookshelf, do you know what I mean? And it's got all your titles on there. I've got Harry Potter on there. Um, but... This is, again, another one where I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so stupid. So I was lying hungover in bed this morning, and I was like having mm. a little scroll and thinking about alternatives. And in the UK, your library has audiobooks. Does it? Yeah. What, that you can just go on a website and download them? Yes. For free? Because library? Yes. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> it's called Overdrive. And I didn't know that. I know, and I, talked about, I talk about this in school all the time, and then I was like, why am I not using this? That's amazing. You do have to like loan it. So if you want to listen to a certain audiobook, you don't keep mm. it. You you have it for a certain period. Right. And if it's really popular in your like library branch, you would have to wait a couple of weeks maybe for it or like request it. Okay. So the problem that I have with it is that you can't sometimes I'm just not in the vibe for the audiobook that I've used my credit on. Right. But I could go back and listen to some of the other ones or I can swap and change yeah. it. Whereas on this, you kind of have to forward plan and be like, no, I want to listen to that audiobook. And in two weeks' time, when it becomes available, I'll still want to listen to it. But like, worst yeah. case scenario, you just return it and request a different one. And it's free. And the author gets money for it too because it's through the libraries. Oh, amazing. Oh. Yeah. I think we should do an episode about libraries, babe. Libraries were a huge part of my childhood and it is literally oh, your job. Same. Like, I can still see the shelving pattern. Like, I can smell it. I can see the children's section of my local mm. library now. Yeah. Oh, Summer Reading Challenge was my jam as well. Oh my God, same. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Like, I, honestly, feeling a little bit choked up thinking about my childhood yeah. library. Um, and it's still there. I hope. I'm going to have to check. I'm going to have to go. Yeah, the Eastern Library is definitely still there. Still there. I know it's it's also like a bit of council stuff in there now. Most of them are like one-stop shops now too. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've had to like diversify to stay viable under austerity. Anyway, let's not go down this. More Tory (laughs) hatred. Uh, But yeah, that was another one where I was like, oh my God, you're so dim. Why do you need to have it forever and ever? Like, how often am I... Mm. Like, to be fair, Harry Potter is the one exception. I do go back to that a lot and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But the rest of them, like, I'm not going to re-listen. So I could just loan it yeah. from the library, not fund a horrible global corporation, and instead give money back to, I don't know, the author? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this um, convenience issue 
is why Amazon have become so successful and it is kind of something yeah. that we have to check ourselves on to wean ourselves off Amazon. It is a bit addictive. Like with the dog food, you know? So like mm-hmm. when I was ordering my dog food off Amazon, it's a 10 kilo bag. So like it's not going to fit through the post box. Mm-hmm. I have to be in. Mm-hmm. And with Amazon, you know, you can literally stare at your phone and watch the little van like come around yeah. the street. Like if you're not in, you can press a button and he won't come. Mm-hmm. So that's incredibly convenient. So instead, I found another website. It's a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. and I don't know exactly what day it's going to come on. But like, oh no, it's what twenty eighteen again. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a shame. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, you're going to have to wait two bu- two weeks for a thing that you want. That's someone reading you a story. Like, <laughs> audiobook from the library to me is still a plastic box with a cassette in it. So, like, (laughs) even compared to that, what you're talking about is an innovation and incredibly um, easy to use and right there. So, yeah, I think it's about, like, choice and convenience, isn't it? And those are kind of Mm -hmm, the sacrifices mm -hmm. that we have to make. One fact that I saw about, like, predatory pricing that Amazon do, and do you know what I mean by a loss leader? No. It's really common in supermarkets. So, like, you'll see, you know, an advert on the telly, it's coming up to bank holiday weekend, and they're like get a 12 pack of seller for seven pounds and like they make a loss on that one product but the fact that you've gone in to whatever supermarket is to get that means that you're doing your shop there as well so they end Mm -hmm. up with more profit you're gonna get some stuff for breakfast afterwards you're gonna get some snacks and then maybe next week i'll do the same because it's so cheap in there Uh, right 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 so that's kind of what my a-level business studies understanding of a loss leader is business studies (laughs) What? Um, <laughs> what? No, not in college with you in sixth form before I met you. I was good at it. I really liked my teacher, okay? It was like a an Atticus Finch kind of situation. Ooh, I would take any subject if Atticus Finch was teaching it. I mean, I was a kid, so it was less of a sexy vibe that I would have with Atticus Finch now. And more of just like a... So beautiful, so wise. You're the only male role model that I have. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so talking about loss leaders, when Amazon launched like Prime membership, Prime delivery, mm-hmm. they made a two point eight billion dollar loss in the first year, like on purpose. Wow. Wow. Right. Because they don't pay tax. Well, because they don't pay tax. Well, no. If they paid tax, it would have been a worse loss. So they... no, but they can afford to do that because they don't pay tax. Like they can just be like, hey, we can make an enormous loss. Because, hey, we've got all this excess money just hanging about. Well, exactly. And they know that if someone's signing up to Prime, then whenever they need to order something off the internet, they're going to go to Amazon first because they get free next day delivery. Like, they're getting all of your customs straight away. They counted on it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we need to kind of take a step back in our convenience and how quickly we need things, I guess. Um, There's something nice about waiting. Like, I don't want to be like... A nan about it but there's something <laughs> lovely about having stuff on the way to you like I love the feeling of having an order that's like somewhere out there on its way to me love waiting for a package it's so nice <laughs> I mean I, I do love getting packages more than that um but <laughs> another disgusting fact so what was some of the Oh, go on. Just because it's so horrendous. There's a warehouse in the UK. One Amazon warehouse had 600 ambulance call-outs over three years. And you're like... Jesus. Ah, a similar-sized supermarket warehouse nearby had eight in the same period. It's just disgusting. Did you see, like, the Poo Gate memo? No. 
there's been like some discussion about whether or not it's faked or not, but I'm pretty sure. So there was this horrible situation where delivery drivers yeah. were weeing in bottles and mm-hmm. defecating in plastic bags because there was nowhere for them to go to the toilet or mm-hmm. have a break from driving while they were doing the delivery. Because that automated delivery driver that you're watching is also something that Amazon can watch. Well, right. So you taking a break to go to the toilet is not allowed when you have a two-hour window in which to deliver the dog food to your door. Right. And there was a memo that went out that was like, there's been far too many incidents this month of the vans coming back and there being bottles of wee or bags of (laughs) feces and you need to all stop it and stop leaving it in there. Not, oh my gosh, our staff are being so horrendously mistreated that they can't even go to the toilet at work. The memo was, take your literal sh** with you. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta laugh. Capitalism, man. (laughs) It's just horrendous. And if that is not enough for us all to pay a little bit more and have a little bit less convenience... Just imagine that someone that you love doing that job out of desperation. Like, someone that you love who's got children at home that needs them. Mm-hmm. That job should not be allowed. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. They should be paying a decent wage, giving fair breaks. Like, right. it's just, like, becomes inhumane and bordering on slavery. Like The people at the top of that supply chain who are sitting on these piles of gold, just nobody needs that much money do they yeah i think in a previous episode you were like jeff bezos could just like snap his fingers and like solve every problem in the world and he chooses not to yeah every day <laughs> like <laughs> cheers jeff <laughs> thanks for that yeah just I, it doesn't Thank even you. like have a lot of nice hats or something i just yeah. you know like at least richard branson's like what? does weird crap what for our amusement like what do you know about jeff bezos although i feel like at least i know that richard branson's having a laugh you know <laughs> I, well, it's dark. i'm not saying i'm holding richard branson up as some like moral pillar but at least i feel like at least he was aware that people are looking at him you know yeah. he's there like yes i'm a billionaire woohoo hot air balloons look at my look, crazy maybe hairdo some do you know quirky I mean? billionaire awful awful I, I don't know. So, anyway. This is our how-to segment. So we need to do, do how-to. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. How are we putting them? Okay, um, so you spoke about books. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also going to recommend News From Nowhere. Beautiful, cooperative, anarchist, independent, Liverpool business. Um, also a great place to bum around as a teenager and buy stickers yeah. and pick up zines for free. Like, it's it's that place, you guys. Also, they send out little freebies, like postcards of Amazon warriors. Oh, do they? And they always put in a Boris card now, which I love, which is like a little card to put in your wallet that says, if I am in the NHS, I do not want Boris Johnson to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. So, yeah, that one, there's... Also, doing my research of companies that Amazon own. Do you remember our old favourite abebooks.com? Yeah, they bought them, didn't they? Rancid. Disgusting. But yeah, if you have... Basically, the advice is, before you buy something, check it isn't owned by Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That, in terms of Kindle stuff, say you're super reliant on a Kindle, there's a bunch of people who I know who don't buy real books. They buy Kindle books because they just prefer it and whatever. 
Are they demons? It's, you're making a face like a poo is under your nose. <laughs> but I get it. Like, I have a Kindle that we've started reading from again, actually. And it is, you know, it's small and it's, you know, you don't need a light on. I can see... Books don't... They, they, don't, they don't die halfway through a holiday and leave you on a cliffhanger. There's pros and cons to both. And I've had one too many bad experiences with Kindles dying and then me being like, and then what happened? <laughs> Say you're, you're insistent on using a Kindle, which is fine. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a programme called Calibre. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, so you can download that onto your computer or laptop or whatever and then buy an ebook from a non-Amazon place and you mm-hmm. can get it onto your Kindle without using the um, Amazon software. Yeah, you don't have to go out and buy a new like e-reader. Right. With that software as well, you can just upload like Word documents and PDFs onto your Kindle. So like a friend of mine sent me a load of creative writing that they did. So rather than have to read it on my phone or my laptop, I could put it on my Kindle, which is nice. It's a nice way to read it. Happy days. Yeah. In terms of subscriptions, because that was a big one for me. Yeah. Now I have to set a reminder on my phone to buy the dog food. Mm, oh, that's a good shout. Done. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, as well, loads of amazing independents have got subscriptions going on. Oh, okay. Um, so you can get... Does Vegan Supermarket? Uh, not sure. I don't use that place so much. But, like, your independent coffee bean roastery, wherever you are in the world, I bet they've mm-hmm. got a subscription. And it fits through your letterbox, so you don't have to wait in for it. Yeah. Which is just beautiful, and then your coffee is like you know organic and fair trade and fresh. And what else do you want? Mm, even things like small. I like those guys. They do like laundry detergent, dishwasher stuff, and now we've just got the ones where so you have like one plastic bottle with a spray yeah. nozzle in it, and they send out these tiny like powders Ooh. that you then put into the bottle and shake it all up, and it makes like a bathroom spray or a kitchen spray. Oh, I've seen these. And they're lovely. Also, they don't have loads of packaging. You just have one single-use plastic, yeah, and you yeah. just fill it up as many times as you want, and it's all cruelty-free. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's great too. Easy. Yeah. This is the thing. To be fair, it. I'm not saying that you can quit Amazon overnight if you are no. where me and you were before starting to stop. I think you have to do little and often... Each month, pick a thing. Exactly. Dog food this month. Have a little look around. If you put too much pressure on yourself, you're just going to be like, oh, it's too hard. I'm just going to stick with it. Just every little time that you can, every time you have headspace, do some research. Yeah. Well, I was doing a little bit of research today into... When I was doing these alternatives. And Prime Video is... For some people, that's a big... I hate the interface anyway. It's got a gross UI, hasn't it? Like, we're all about... We use Netflix, which it turns out, another thing I found out, Amazon own, like, most of the web space. So stuff like Netflix and um, the Guardian website is hosted on, like, Amazon <gasps> servers. No. So it's like, it's just everywhere, it's insidious. But anyway. Jesus. Um, so rather than using Prime Video, I found some other cute stuff. So All 4 is really good. If you're not in the UK, I you still can use a VPN. I still call it same. It's forever. I typed 4OD in and Google Same. was like, did you mean? <laughs> you can't undo that branding. It's in my head. It's never going anywhere. Exactly. Channel 4 have got loads of amazing, like classic comedy stuff from like the 90s and noughties and, mm-hmm. and like spaced and a bit of Graham Linner stuff. We don't like Graham Linner, but like, you know what I mean? All that stuff. Derry Girls. Derry Girls. Yes. Love Derry Girls. I'm a Derry so Girl. <laughs> Makes you cry every time. 
Oh, Bob. <laughs> iPlayer as well. Yeah, there's some good stuff on there. I'm not friends with the Beeb at the moment because of all their horrible actions against trans people. Wab wab. But yeah, another <laughs> one. I had, so I hadn't heard about this one. Um, the British Film Institute have got their oh gosh, version that's of a free, isn't thing. it? There's a load of free stuff on there and they have a subscription as well um, to get even more. And it is stuff I've never heard of. <laughs> it's all um, what you might call it, arty-farty. But I bet they're really good. I feel like it could be... It might widen my um, horizon. You know, last episode we were talking about broadening our mindset. Like mm. maybe one day a week we'll watch a, a, a thing foreign. on the BFI. A foreign. Yeah, a subtitle can't watch films with subtitles because i can't knit at the same time <laughs> <laughs> well i can't but, eat my um, dinner and have a subtitles right i can do it after tea but i've got yeah. to be honest with you lockdown number three has meant that my tv viewing is <laughs> buffy <laughs> and trash tv the circle that's it the circle yeah we love it we watched oh we watched the celeb one this year could you sum up the premise and the sentence have you not seen it? It's something like a fake social media thing, isn't it? Yeah, so you have... The first thing is, it's great. It's all set in Salford in these flats. And in the American one, they pretend that the flats in Salford are in America. But, but instead, in they've just flown them over. It's top notch. <laughs> but they all have um, like a little flat of their own. The circle is their social media. And it's a popularity contest. Mm. And they have influencers and they've got to vote people off. And the aim of the game is to be the most popular at the end. And loads of them are catfish, obviously. Oh my god. It's great. <laughs> like, I love it. no shade, babe. But, like, you are into some crap. Oh, I just love it. <laughs> I just love trash so much. I'm, I Like, I really, for me, it's about, like, comfort and, like... Going back to things I've seen hundreds of times, like I think we have that in common as well. Mm-hmm. But no, I think I tried to watch an episode of it, and it was just like I just don't care about any of these people or anything they've ever done in their lives. So, <laughs> now, <laughs> Drag Race though. Oh, I'm so glad you've been converted. We can talk about it finally. Are we going to talk Bimini. about it right now for life? Bimini. No, we can't. We can't go into Drag Race at the in in the middle of quitting Amazon. Oh yeah, but of next episode. We need a Drag Race update from you. Because I've got okay, so okay. many questions as well. Because you were so anti-Drag Race. Like, I wasn't like anti-Drag Race. It just made me yes, feel really weird. You were. Okay. There were many rants. Okay. Okay. Well, let's sign off. But I do want to make a comment. <laughs> I think Bimini <laughs> lost because of the dairy industry's insidious tendrils in every aspect <laughs> of our society. Like, we can't have salt and vinegar crisps. Because there's milk powder in them. Bimini can't win Drag Race because because all the bigwigs from the dairy industry have got their hands in the pockets of the BBC execs. Honestly, 100%. I will die on this hill. Well, we're currently at this point of recording. We don't know the US winner, but if it's not got Mick and Bimini also didn't win, then me and you are going to have to start something. (sighs) I love got Mick. That last look with the like Hercules coat. Oh, don't. Divine. <laughs> so good. Okay. <laughs> On that. We're doing it. Let's let's go. Let's roll into listener mail. Anyone has any opinions on Bimini not winning Drag Race? Email Let them us over know. and we will scream about it next time. <laughs> nice. Let's go. Let's go. 
So we have some listener mail to share with you guys. Nearly like a proper podcast, babe. Nearly. <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> so the first one... Shall I read this one out? Yeah, go on. Okay, so this one... This one... Sounds so exciting. I think it's from an American. <laughs> Hi there, just wanted to say that I randomly found your podcast this afternoon, listened to the sleep hygiene episode, and I've enjoyed it so much. It was funny and informative. And really made me smile a lot. I've already recommended it to a few of my friends. I'm very excited to listen to more episodes and follow y'all, that's why I think they might be American, Mm -hmm. along on this journey. Keep up the good work, Blake. Oh, Blake. Did you ever know that you're my hero? (laughs) Yes, Blake! (laughs) Oh my gosh. Honestly, that was just so sweet. Like, we get the email and then we both go on our little WhatsApp chat and we're like, oh my God, have you seen this email that we got? Have you seen? Like, so nice we love that. and that you've recommended to friends so sweet of you to recommend yes we love that lovely um, stuff so nice to hear from you thank you um we've got another one do you want to read this one mm-hmm. okay this one is from becky who says love the podcast i sit there knitting with a cuppa and feel like i'm just having a conversation without opening my mouth haha <laughs> it's such a comfort to be able to listen to important and fun topics with friendly voices long may they continue Becky. So nice. No, thank you, Becky. That's such a sweet thing to say. I feel like those are my favourite podcasts, you know, the ones that feel like you just kind of, like the silent person in a conversation that's happening Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well. Nice and intimate, nice and friendly and important topics. Yes, I feel like we do cover a lot of important topics. Mm. (laughs) It's hard to think of any right now, but yes, I think we have definitely (laughs) done some important topics. We're in a particularly silly recording day today. But it's so lovely to hear from you guys. Yeah. And it genuinely does make our days. We love it so much. It's so nice to hear it from anybody to say that they've enjoyed our potty. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to roll into outros. Um, and in there is some information. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do it by following those procedures. <laughs> Send us the juicy, juicy praise. brings us to the end of this episode thank you so much for joining us we'd love to hear from you email us at pocketfullofwhypodcast at gmail.com you can find our socials as well as show notes and transcripts on our blog pocketfullofwhy.wordpress.com next week is the first of our catch-up episodes see you then bye